Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 751 with Jeremy Julian. Help others get what they want. Ultimately, they'll help you get what you want. I know when you were on the podcast the other day, you and I talked about that, but that's one that uh, I, I try and live by. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Whether you want to accept it or not, more and more guests would rather text instead of speaking over the phone. Well, if you don't believe me, then ask the 9 out of 10 customers who want to text a business or the 80% of customers who want contactless curbside pickup. Here's the kicker. Only half of the businesses in America are text capable. I know it's crazy. So right now, set up a business texting line and immediately get an advantage over your competition. No cost, no contract, no reason not to get started. Head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash podium and get podiums starter version free. That's restaurantunstoppable.com slash podium. What are you doing right now? I'll tell you what you're doing if you're in the market for a new POS. You're headed to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to set up your own demo, and you're going to find out why it's the most recommended POS on the show by a landslide. Guys, if you use my link, not only will you get the incentives that Toast is offering you by using the link I'll also share my commission with you. I'll split my commission with you 50-50 after taxes. That's about $2,000. So I'll send you a check for $1,000 to say thank you and to help support you during these weird times. Again, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. What is going on, Unstoppables? I have a great show for you today. We're talking to Jeremy Julian from the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast. This is Jeremy's second time on the show. If you want to listen to the first recording I did with Jeremy, that was episode 137. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 137. And in that episode, Jeremy and I talk about the uh, six actions to take for credit card security, uh, which is kind of old news, but there's still some really relevant information information in there. If you're looking to open a restaurant and you haven't looked into what you have to do for credit card security and all that. But today we're talking about the five technologies you need in your restaurant or more specifically the five systems all restaurant needs. And when we say technology, really what a technology is, is just a, a system or process that somebody else perfected or gotten as close to perfection as possible. So you could go and create your own system or process in your restaurant, or you could invest in an asset, a technology to plug into your restaurant to, to, to be even more efficient and effective. Um, that's what we're covering today. Those five systems that you really need in your restaurant. We prioritize them from the most significant technology to still significant, but not as significant as we go down the list. And we also uh, recommend at least two options for all the systems we're suggesting you implement in your business. So you get the system that we recommend, and then we send you in a direction. We give you a few options. Uh, he's telling you, based off of his expertise uh, and experience in the industry. And my recommendations are basically just coming from uh, my guest. 
I'm paying attention to what my guests are recommending and I'm just kind of regurgitating all that information that has been dropped on me in 750 plus interviews. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. If there is a product or service that you are interested in implementing in your business, please support the show. Shoot me an email, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. I'll make you a personal introduction and they will take care of you. I'm telling you that they know that I can send them a lot of traffic. They want to make sure the people I do send in their direction are happy and they will take care of you. So reach out to me, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com or head over to the show notes. This is episode 751 and bare minimum use my links. That is the, the, the best way to make sure the best way to make sure is to use my links and then to let me know that you use my link to set up a demo and then I'll follow up. I'll make sure they take care of you and then um, but the bare minimum just use my links again and thank you so much. Uh, all right, here it is. Jeremy Julian. All right. And with excitement, allow me to welcome back on the show for a third time, Jeremy Julian, my man, Jeremy, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. I'm excited to to engage in the conversation, man. Right, man. And I uh, can't wait to get into it. And uh, Jeremy is the uh, host of Restaurant Technology Guys. He's been on the show, like I mentioned, two other times. That's episode 186 and 137 if you want to check out those episodes. And Jeremy is also the COO of uh, Custom Business Solutions, Inc. What is Custom Business Solutions, Inc., real quick, just for the listeners? Uh, we're a technology provider for the restaurant industry. So i um, been doing it pretty much my whole life, family business out of California. And we've got offices here in California and in Texas, and we sell restaurant technology. So pretty much anything that plugs into the wall, we uh, we deal with in one one way, shape or form. And uh, um, like I said, uh, family business, so I started back when I was uh, back when I was super young and uh, been doing it full time, I don't know, a little over 20 years. Awesome. And uh, today, what we're going to be doing is kind of just going through a list of five and you actually just shared with us. You have a bonus, a bonus number, six items. So this is kind of like in this order. If you're starting a restaurant tomorrow, um, you should at least start with this order. So we have on that list. I don't know if I should share the list now or slowly. I think we should just tease, right? We should share it as we go. Uh, but we're going to go through that list of prioritize uh, systems. You should be investing in your restaurant. Uh, before we get into that list, Jeremy, I just want to real quick, get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. I'm, I'm realizing I might be putting you on the spot right now. I, I was like, I was like, dude, that wasn't uh that wasn't um, it's that wasn't necessarily in the in the uh, the cards, but um, I mean, one of the things that uh, you know that old Zig Ziglar quote about you know um, help others get what uh, what they want. Yeah. Ultimately, they'll help help you get what you want. Yeah. I know when you were on the podcast the other day, you and I talked about that, but that's one that uh, I, I try and live by. Yeah, man, that was the kick in the ass I needed to start restaurant unstoppable. It was that quote, and uh, it was wow. and it's so when you when you put the focus on other people, when you make it about service to other people, you just get out of your head, man. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like you're so afraid to start because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you. You're afraid of failure. You're afraid of whatever it might be. But when you take that focus off of you and you say it's about serving other people and being of service to other people, it, it I mean, it's a very powerful frame of mind. It's a very powerful way to think about life. Um, and it just, well, and, and I think it's sustainable. You. Yeah. you know, it's sustainable. The thing I love about it is, is, is it grows with you. I, I got a text just yesterday morning when I woke up from somebody that had moved. Uh, across the country and and she would share with me that something I shared with her really helped get her through a tough time as all of us are dealing with in the restaurant industry. She goes, you know what this, these couple of questions you asked me really helped. And I'm like, you know what, that's why I do what I do. And that's why I really look to help other people. And that's really what restaurant technology guys is. And 
uh, like I said on yours and my interview last two weeks ago, it's uh, you inspired me to really kind of put put this information out on on our podcast. Oh, and uh, thank you, so, thank you so much. Super man. exciting from that perspective. It's an honor to uh, inspire. Thank you so much. So let's get into it, man. So I think it's. I mean, I bet most of the people listening to this could probably guess what the f- most important system that you should invest in your restaurant would be. Is I'll let you say it. Well, it's, I mean, it's the point of sale. It's yeah. kind of the, the heartbeat of what's going on. And I think everybody, you know, um, it, being in the point of sale industry for over 20 years, I'm, I'm sure that many of you guys have used a different acronym for point of sale, um, you know, the P- POS, um, you know, but uh, at the same time, because I think POS is really the, the lifeblood of what goes on within the restaurant. Yeah. Every piece of technology that we're going to talk about here on in touches the point of sale in some way, shape, or form to, to deal with it. And so that is the heartbeat of, of any system, of any real restaurant as it relates to kind of what you get to do, the inputs and outputs, the transactions, the taxes, the sales, the labor, all of that stuff in a modern point of sale system. And then when we get into some of the other ancillary systems, if we get to it, also need to touch the point of sale, third-party delivery, you know, online ordering, just all of those things really need to, to be core to that point of sale. And so with the right point of sale, it allows the rest of the conversation that we're going to talk about today yeah. to be a lot more a lot more simple. With the, I don't want to say with the wrong point of sale or the wrong implementation of the point of sale that you have, it, um, it, you know, there's, there's some challenges there. Well, I mean, do you ever see people that try to open without a point of sale today and like try to convince you that they don't need it? And if they do, what's that conversation look like on your end? Um, we have, we have, uh, we run into people and typically, um, you know, Oh, this is the way it's always worked or the, you know, we're fine from that perspective. Um, but I, um, historically when we get to those people that are really not looking to put in a point of sale, there's either something nefarious going on where they're trying to hide sales or trying to do something outside of, outside of, you know, getting paid taxes or things like that, or, um, they just really don't understand the value or they're scared of, of that implementation that they're, yeah, they're, that they, they get, they get stuck. I mean, it's, it's one in a hundred maybe that are like, Hey, I'm just going to start with a cash register on the, you know, on the counter and, and I'll grow from there. Um, but really point of sale, I guess also encompasses a lot of different things. I mean, it can be all the way from a cash register that you pick up at Costco all the way through to a fully integrated, um, point of sale solution that, that does, you know, that does everything for your restaurant. Yeah. So I think um, the, the big reason why we're here, I think the majority of the people that are listening, I want to know what you recommend. What are the most recommended? We're, you're going to give your recommendations and I have a couple of recommendations myself. Unless there's anything else you want to unpackage around point of sale. Um, the one thing I, I say to people often on the point of sale side and, and, you know, it's in kind of our show notes is, is um, there's two, two sides of it. And, and I actually just did a, um, an interview the other day with somebody, the point of sale you have is probably fine. It oftentimes comes back to how have you implemented it? What have you, you know, have you invested the time in training your staff? Have you invested the time in paying for implementation or, or trying to get to where you want to get to? So, um, while there's no one size fits all, there's probably a hundred point of sale solutions that I know of that I could, you know, ramble off. I don't know that any one of them is that much better than, than any others because of the fact that that really comes down to what is your business need? What is your business requirements and where are you at as far as a business goes? Um, but the things that I would say that all point of sales that need to have today is a good support system. You've got to make sure that you've got support from your point of sale provider, whether that's Square, Toast, Clover, 
PosiTouch, Micros, Aloha, you know, digital dining, Northstar. I mean, I could go through the list of hundreds of them. Make sure that you've got a relationship with the vendor that you're buying from, because ultimately they're seeing dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of different restaurants. And oftentimes they can fast track your way to success as it relates to that point of sale. The other thing that I think because the world continues to be so fluid and that that is a core part of all of the rest of, rest of the, the systems is that you have a point of sale that is open to allow others to talk to it, whether it's a recipe management system or a kitchen management system or a third party delivery system. And again, we'll get into a lot of those in just a few minutes, Eric, but you've got to make sure that the system that you're buying has the capability to allow you to grow as a business. What's right for the restaurant that's doing $400,000 a year today is probably not right for the restaurant that's doing $2.6 million a year or the one that's gotten to seven or eight or nine restaurants. So even what you have today might not be where you want to go. And so as you're evaluating your current tech stack, and as we go through this conversation, think through the idea of, do I get the support that I need? Do I have a partnership with my vendor? And if I do, do they allow me to scale my business with the current tech stack that I have? Because if neither one of those things are there, then it's probably time to start to evaluate what you have today and start to evaluate where, when and where you're going to take that next step. So um, you say open system versus closed system. And I think... I know by that you meant integration with other platforms, but what about credit card processing? Because I feel like that's another variable that should be taken into account when it comes to point of sales and having an open versus closed uh, credit card processing. Uh, do you know where I'm going with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and um, I think I've got to tread a little bit lightly here because I know... Um, uh, I know that uh, that one of your sponsors is also, you know, has a tight end credit card stuff. And so I don't necessarily want to downplay that. Um, but you've got to be careful because fintech and the whole idea of credit card processing investing in the point of sale world has exploded in the last. What 10 do you years. mean by fintech? Fintech is is financial technology, so technology that touches the transaction. So if you go look at a lot of the fintech companies out there, there's been massive, massive, massive consolidation in the last 10 years within the point of sale and restaurant industry. Um, you know, and again, at the risk, everybody knows Toast, I'm guessing, on this podcast. And Eric, I know they, they have been a sponsor. I don't know if they still are. But Toast has taken over one2 $4 billion in VC capital to grow Toast's business. But part of how they've been able to do that is they tie in and part of your credit card option is only to process with Toast. They're not exclusively the only person that's playing that card on the table. Heartland Payment Systems um, was bought by Global, who was bought by FIS. Um, and those guys did a very similar thing. They did a roll-up of four or five point-of-sale companies. Shift 4 did a very similar thing right after that. They kind of took Heartland's playbook and then rolled up um, four or five other point-of-sale systems as well. And so the, the convergence of credit card processing and your point-of-sale software is definitely um, come to pass. And it definitely is something that, that you need to be cautious of because once they have your credit cards, 
they it's it's hard to change point of sale because it is that core part of what you do and so um you just got to make sure that those first two things that that we talked about just a few minutes ago that you've got a good partnership and that you because um if you don't and you have to change if they lock you in whoever that provider is to their credit card processing and oftentimes it's on a three-year stint um you know square is the same way you know square is a fintech company you know it's a technology company that got into fintech and you can only process with square when you put in square the only option you have is to negotiate with square and if you don't want to get their rates you've got to move systems toast is the same way heartland restaurants the same way um posi search is the same way and so i i mean i could go down the list and um you know there's there's dozens of other options i know the some people argue that there's more security in that Mm-hmm. Right, because it's a closed system, so there's more security in it. And I think the only thing you're really losing, correct me if I'm wrong, is the freedom to get better rates. Yep, it is. It is. Um, and as far as security, I, I think that's um, that is probably a card that they might play. I don't necessarily think that it always proves itself out. Um, but at the same time, what they do which is really nice is the support and the streamlined onboarding and the streamlined capabilities to go from um, signing up to processing, signing up to taking transactions is, is very, very streamlined in many of those operations. So from that perspective, it's good. You've got kind of one throat to choke, but because you've only got one throat to choke, now you also get stuck in a circumstance where if you really want to choke that person, you've got to throw out processing point of sale and oftentimes gift cards because they throw a lot of incentives at you online ordering gift cards and things like that to 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 draw you farther into the ecosystem yeah. so it's harder to swap um so you mentioned earlier that, that you said once they have your credit cards it's like it's i can't remember exactly what you said but you're saying that basically um once they have your credit card like you, like you can't get that data you don't have that data for for future like you you can't unlock that data is that how that's how no. i understood it but once you mean? once you go exclusively with them and, and all processing relationships every one of your restaurant tours that are out there probably gets called on by credit card processing reps weekly where somebody's showing up saying i can save you money on your credit card processing it's just it's the way that this world has been created and the truth is is many times they can but they can't offer the remainder of the value and so once you've locked into that one, two, three year commitment with that credit card processor. Now you have a contract with them and they are going to require you to process all of your catering transactions, all of your online ordering transactions, all of your point of sale transactions through their engine. It's less about the data, Eric, and more about your ability to um, to, to even negotiate your rates down. Gotcha. It's kind of the exclusivity that, you know, Cox might have in your area that you can only get cable from Cox. You know, I know I live in, I live in Southern California and many of my friends that are Dodger fans, somebody bought the rights to the Dodgers broadcast and you have to have Comcast cable in order to watch the Dodgers. Yeah. Credit card processing is similar. Once you tie in point of sale to credit card processing to your support, now you're kind of stuck. And if you want to change credit card processing in many of those examples, you You've got to change out the core point of sale as well. Got you. Um, so I guess before we move on, I have to take this moment to applaud Greg, Greg Lindsay over there, rolling uh, bagels, making dough 
while listening to this podcast, I, I can see you do, going through the, this, the beautiful part about having my listeners be able to join us live is I can see him over there working like a madman uh, making bagels. I just love it. Too. I, I'm it's not going to lie. The first time I saw it, I thought he was like on a loop. Like I thought he had some <laughs> gift like up there looping. I'm like, what is going this on? Is my, this is my dream coming true. My vision coming to fruition right here is like I, when I, before I started the podcast, I could envision people like in the kitchen listening in and, and learning while they're working the power of podcasting and i just love that i see greg doing this i i, I had a I, I literally thought it was a loop and then i'm like oh no 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 he turned around and started talking to somebody so i'm like oh no no he's he's not on a loop all, all good so great sorry about that um <laughs> thank you for letting me get derailed real quick so before we move on to the next thing let's drop some recommendations on our listeners so what are your i think you said you had a one to two recommendations for each one of these bullets so um, I think there's not a conversation that that doesn't happen in the world of point of sale today without toast being mentioned. Um, they've taken a lot of money, um, but they've got a, a great solution out there for kind of that small to mid-sized business. I would say in that space, toast and square for that small, you know, less than a million dollars in volume. You know, you should look at both of those options. And then I would say whoever whoever kind of kind of is local to you. A lot of times, Clover and 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 Rebel are also kind of good in those those kind of small to mid sized businesses. Um, if you're a larger enterprise customer, I would say that you really need to look at um, Par Brink, our North Star solution, and um, Micro Symphony would kind of be as you get to. 10, 15, 20 locations and growing, you've got to kind of look to some of those larger enterprise systems. Not that Toast can't play in that space or Square can't, but quite frankly, as you get bigger, the needs of those larger enterprises change. So Symphony, Parbrink, um, and our North Star solution are really geared towards that that enterprise client. Yeah. And um, I'm going to throw some out there. And these are just basically, these are all based off the recommendations I get on the show. So when I'm talking to my successful restaurateurs and I'm asking them to recommend the tools and services, uh, these are the ones that come up the most. Lately, it's been Toast by a landslide. Um, the reason why I like Toast is because you can come in at a very low place, like where you just need your most basic services. And then because it integrates with so many other systems, as you scale, as you grow, it's like flipping a switch on these things. You can just turn on all these other features and scale the platform with your business. That's why I like it. Um, and mm-hmm. because it's the, the number one recommended on the show. Um, I, I hear Square still gets a lot of recommendations and I like Square if you are small and you want to stay small. Um, and you have small transactions. So if you're doing coffee or like something like that, and you have maybe 10 items on your menu and you don't have a vision to scale, um, then I would recommend square, um, or say square should be something you should consider. Um, I will put this little caveat in there that they have square for restaurants, which is a platform that's relatively new within the past year or two. Or maybe not. Maybe a yeah, it's year, probably about two years two old. Years now, I don't know yeah. that much about it. To be completely honest, um, yeah, they, so they were able to there. sign a couple of large, larger clients and grow with it. Um, Blue Bottle Coffee Company out of San Francisco, which is a premium coffee brand, they they signed those guys and have rolled them out, and those guys are really, really happy with it. Yeah, and then I have to give a nod to Talk just because I feel like their approach is completely different. And if you're a if you're a restaurant that wants to do a prefab meal and you're and you're looking at your 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 dining experience as an experience and you're selling an experience um you can have a sliding scale where you can charge for that a a greater amount during peak hours like a friday night should be more expensive than a tuesday like a a friday night at seven should be more expensive than a tuesday at five there's more demand you should be able to charge more for those experiences and i I just like their their 
their business model. And I think that it fits perfectly for people who want to do those prefab type meals. Uh, and those are my three. Can I, can I throw out real quick? I, I, I agree with the, with all three of those. There's, those are great. So the one thing I would say to any of those restaurateurs that are out there is, is when you're negotiating with square and or with toast, both of them have kind of a, I guess there's margin in their credit card processing rates. And so it's really up to you guys to negotiate those credit card processing rates down with them. And oftentimes they'll get down into a very competitive space, but you also need to look at your statements once a month or at least once a quarter to make sure that they haven't changed those rates either with or without notifying you. And so just be careful that you guys don't don't price yourself out of those solutions. They are phenomenal and they offer a ton of value. Just be careful that you because um, even if it says it in the contract, there's always caveats and there's going to be ways if you don't catch it that they may go charge you a bit more. There is a resource, Eric, that I'll send to you that you can send to um, uh um, that I'll send to you out. Um, that is a credit card processing. You can go pay like five or $10 to this website from a friend of mine that you upload your credit card processing, um, which will really answer that question that just came in via chat is you can upload your credit card processing and through AI, it will tell you what the right dollar amount is and what you should be charging. It'll kind of give you a feedback on it and where potentially there are either hidden fees or places that you can drive that cost out of the business. Yeah. And, and so as, Eric, I'll send that to you offline. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And um, maybe we can um, share it in the, the show notes as well. Um, yep. So uh, as Greg so graciously uh, mentioned, uh, Toast is a sponsor of the show. It's a CPA model, meaning they only pay me if you use their link and you become a customer. And um, just real quick, they're offering three months of free online services, uh, Toast Takeout, which is their um, app for takeout, and uh, e-gift cards, and one month of free email and marketing if you use my link. And um, I don't know of anybody else doing this. Once they pay me my commission, full transparency, $2,500. After taxes, about $2,000. I'll send you a check for $1,000 to thank you for using my link. Jeremy, who else does that? No, uh, not very many people, but not very many people have, have raised a billion dollars either. So yeah. it's a little bit hard to hard for everybody well, who, else to who do else it. Shares their commission with their listeners. Um, yeah, well, so. you, yeah, but that's how you serve. So I right. just, um, for those that, uh, that are on the meeting and, and, uh, I see a couple of you guys are, are, are busy, but, um, I just put a link to that, um, to that uh, service that we talked about chat. that can help you guys with the credit card processing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll have to reach out to them in the future. Um, all right. So let's move over to the next item on our list, which I believe is kitchen management or inventory. Was it kitchen? Man- yeah. Kitchen management. Yeah. Kitchen management. Um, so when I talk about kitchen management, that's really just, I, 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 it's not a misnomer, but it's like, I think all systems need to have, um, especially in a, in a high volume kitchen, an ability to know what's coming into the kitchen and what's going out of the kitchen and how we're evaluating the kitchen staff, um, you know, we've got a 12 minute cook time on a New York strip. Is our, our grill chef hitting that cook time? Is he not hitting that cook time? What's going on within our restaurant? What's dragging behind? What's, you know, if you're, if you're busy enough to have a full-time expo and you've got somebody that's really good at it, um, it's one of the toughest positions. I'm sure all of you guys know within the restaurant is that expo position. But if, if you, if you don't, Getting a digital kitchen management system like um, Bimatech or QSR uh, KDS or, you know, Toast has their own KDS solution. It's going to give you visibility into the kitchen at a, at a moment's glance as to what's dragging behind, what's in the hole, what orders are, you know, beyond what your cook times are. The other thing that, that you find with good kitchen management systems is that 
hot food stays hot, cold food stays whole cold. And so if I've got a chicken Caesar salad that's coming up along with a New York strip, well done, that's got to get cooked for 18 minutes. And then I've got a, you know, a, a chicken piccata that takes six minutes to cook. I've now got three items that all of them have different cook times. The grilled chicken salad, I might've already have the grilled chicken and the, and the salad there that takes two minutes to prepare and put up in the window. But if I stick that up in the window for the same at the same time, or I prepare that right away when I'm cooking that well done New York strip, um, you're going to end up having a problem where the New York strip is going to you know, be hot when it gets out there, but that lettuce on the chicken Caesar salad might have wilted and you're going to deliver a less than adequate product out to that guest. And so using technology to really manage that kitchen flow and make sure that, that, you know, and, and nowadays kitchen management systems can get to the point where, you know, and again, depending upon what your environment is, fast food, you know, you might need everything to go and everything is a six minute cook time. But especially as you guys get into more complex menus and complex opportunities, now look at that same example. Um, the technology is going to send that chicken Caesar salad with six minutes to go because it knows it's a four minute, you know, four minute prep time, um, six minutes to go left on that New York strip. It's going to send it to that salad station at the time that it needs to be prepared. So they're only working on what needs to go up into that window when it needs to go up into the window, not when the order gets sent to the kitchen from the wait staff or from the cashiers up front. So it's, it's just, just like, it really, it really goes back to food quality and delivering on the guest experience that they need in a, in a proper fashion rather than having a human have to manage okay fire this oh fire that and again all of us have watched you know whatever gordon ramsay or or any of those guys and they're sitting in the kitchen you know yelling at the kitchen staff but truthfully technology can do that nowadays with a with a pretty simplistic uh, kitchen management system so when you say kitchen management system um the first thing that comes to my mind is kds a kitchen display system um what else what are the other components get super like like dumb for us real quick so it's it's kitchen kitchen um uh kds you know really displaying having a digital prep prep um printer is probably the first and most important thing but the other thing that that i would say is also critical is recipe management you guys might think that that all your staff knows everything about your recipes, but many of these kitchen management systems nowadays have a recipe management, both for prep recipes and for line recipes. And when I call line, say line recipes, those are really the finished goods recipes that the kitchen staff, while they're in the middle of prepping that New York strip, they might not know what plating presentation looks like. And so they can flip over from that, that kitchen management over to that New York strip and say, this is what the chef says it's supposed to look like. So now when it goes up into the window, I know that the cream spinach is in this spot and the, the starch is in this spot and the, the New York strip is in that spot because the plating presentation is that way. But then on the prep side, whether it's pre-shift or it's mid-shift when I'm making my own ranch dressing or I'm making my own, you know, um, you know, you, you said the, 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 the bagel dough. When I'm making that, if I'm prepping the bagel dough or the pancake mix or the ranch dressing or whatever those things are that are getting prepped and put into the walk-in, you also have the capability either on your line or on your prep line, if your kitchen's big enough, to have those recipes be able to dual purpose on that KDS system um, to be able to look up the recipes and and see how do you make it and you know again a little bit of an einstein quote why would i remember something when it's so easy to look up and so when you throw in a kitchen management system and it's right in you know so many of your chefs are like no no no, i know how it's made but if you really were to watch them they're not measuring the amount of salt that's going into this they're not measuring them 
there they've just done it by rote memorization. Um, and then the, the other thing that's part of that recipe management system is, is when you've got a recall on arugula because you know there was a bad strain of arugula that came out. Now you can flip the arugula to spinach in that recipe across the entire entire group instantaneously because it's all digital you could be sitting on the beach in the bahamas see this cdc or or uh, fda recommendation that says pull arugula from everything go change your recipe send out an email to, to your kitchen staff that says and in the proper new recipe management systems it's going to pull up a screen that's going to say this recipe has a modification to it so that you your cook knows highlight 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 something's changed go look at the recipe with a little bit more detail and, and clarity. Got it. And the, the only other question I have around this is um, I was actually kind of surprised at how high you put this on your priority because correct me if I'm wrong. This is a priority a prioritized list. So you're saying that after your POS, the next investment you should make for your business is a kitchen or an, uh, yeah, kitchen management system. Why is that so high on your, on your list? Um, because in my opinion, restaurants are a place that people come to get an experience. And if their experience is bad because the food is not right, because the food doesn't show up properly, you don't get an opportunity often. And especially in this COVID world where everything's via takeout or you know most of it's via takeout, you have even less chance to recover that guest. And so knowing that the food is to your standard is as critical as anything. It doesn't matter how well you manage your labor or how well you manage your inventory. If the food is not right and it doesn't get to the guests the way that they want it, none of it matters because they are, they are experiencing your restaurant because they want your food properly the way that they asked for it nothing else matters if you don't deliver the food the way they want it and the way that you guys have designed it got it so what is sorry i, I get a no, little air catch tori no, on, on no, everybody man, i get a little passionate when i start I talking it, about man. this stuff i love it i really do thank you for for delivering the passion brother so what are the the recommendations you have for us um, so I, I talked about to um, Bimatech, um, Bimatech, and they're they're now log- Logic Controls. They they have a great um, kind of above average solution. It's not the Cadillac, but um, I would say that that's really kind of that that core um, you know base level that you've got to get to. They're they're called Logic Controls. Um, let me take a step back. If your if your point of sale solution has a built-in KDS, you should explore that and see if it meets your needs. First and foremost, if it doesn't, then your second option is the the logic controls guys. And then if you have a really complex kitchen, one of our clients happens to be the Cheesecake Factory. And if any of you guys have dined at the Cheesecake Factory and their novel of a menu, you guys know that they've got 300 menu items made from scratch. They've got on average 11 KDSs in their kitchen, and they use a product um, out of Louisville, Kentucky called QSR Automation. It is the best of the best in the industry. It's what Brinker uses. It's what um, Yum Brands uses. It's what Cheesecake Factory uses. It's what so many others use in that KDS solution. So QSR Automations would be the the third option that I would say. So just hit me real quick. Uh, list out those options. So the uh, so the first is the first is if your point of sale solution has something, I would say go there. Okay. If you know, go there and evaluate whether it's good. The second is Logic Controls. And um, the third is QSR automations. Awesome. And um, the only time I've ever had KDS come up on the show, it's been in reference to Toast POS. So okay. again, th- th- I'm not doing this to because they're sponsoring the show. There's, the only reason why I'm in this agreement as a CPA option, cost per acquisition, is I know that... I- people are recommending it organically. So it makes my job so much easier. So, uh, yeah. All right. I think we can move on to the next one here, which is, uh, inventory management solutions. What do you got for us? Like first start Ariel. Like what, what do you mean by inventory management? 
So all you guys know, your, your top two costs in the restaurants are your food costs and your labor costs. And so having a system to manage your food costs and your labor costs is critical. Um, and so inventory management is really your inputs. What am I purchasing? What am I using? And what's left on the shelf at the end of the period? And, um, you know, that being such a, a large percentage of, of your profitability. And again, I'll, I'll reference, you know, Gordon Ramsay or, or uh, Robert Irvine, you know, in any of those shows or, or bar rescue, they come in and they look at stuff that's turning stuff that's not turning, but the proper inventory management systems are going to tell you what's selling, what's not selling, what potentially is walking out the door through your staff. How, how well is your bartender pouring and over pouring or under pouring? How much of the Jack Daniels does he take? Because he, <laughs> he wants it for himself out the back door. How many New York strips are walking out the back door? How many New York strips are getting fired and fired incorrectly because you're your kitchen staff doesn't know what they're doing and they've got to throw it away and it goes out to the dining room and then comes back. (laughs) Yeah. You get back to, back to item number two, but that's so, you know, inventories of, I don't say very simple equation. What did I start with at the beginning of the period week, month, year? (laughs) What did I buy? (laughs) What should I have used from my point of sale item number one? And then what is actually on the shelf and what is my variance? And so all good inventory management systems. And quite frankly, there's a lot of solutions out there, but even if you're not on a solution that has something like that, do it in Excel. What are your top 20 items that you guys have got that are high, high cost items? Count the the amount that you have sitting on the shelf, track all your purchases for the month or the week or however long it is. So, you, you know, I had 10 New York strips on the, on the list. I bought, you know, I bought 30 at the end of the period. I have 10. My point of sale says I should have used. So, Again, I should have used 30. My point of sale says I used 28. Well, now I'm short two. Where are those two New York strips? What happened with them? Where did they go? And did I miscount it the first time? Did somebody steal one? Did I not account for it in the point of sale because the the wait staff came back to me and said, hey, we fired that wrong. And and you know what? Um, the guest is really unhappy and we didn't have them ring it up and then and then put that failure into the point of sale so that we can re-coach that, that you know, um, wait staff person or whatever. And so inventory, I don't want to say is a, is a very simple equation, but it's really, what did I start with? What did I add through purchases? What do I have left at the end? And what should I have had left at the end? And where's my variance? Yeah. And this um, is where, this is where you're, you're going to start to have a huge impact on your prime cost. And if you can start yep. shrinking that shrinkage uh, mm-hmm. and really controlling, you know, where your food is going, once it comes in your, you know, the back door, you know, like, and you can control, you know exactly where it's going, where your money's going. It's really just cash flow management through your food. Right. Um, it just helps. Well, but what, it's what also, it? it's like also, it? go ahead. Oh, sorry, Eric. I was going to say, once your staff knows that you're counting these things, they're going to be more cautious. Yes. Yeah, they're going to the be more aware. They're going to know that you're looking at these things. And if you ask questions, even if it's once a month saying, Hey man, we're short a couple of New Yorks or we're short some avocados from our guacamole or whatever that might be. They're going to know you're looking and just that alone, quite frankly, oftentimes. And so what I get a lot of times for people in inventory management is they go, well, I just took my total purchases for the month and I divide it by my, by my sales and that's my food cost percentage. And it's like, well, great. Where is it broken though? Where, how do I, how do I shave a point or two off of that? Because if you're doing a million dollars a year and I shave a point off of my food cost that equates to, you know, and, and my food cost is at 40% that equates to oftentimes a, a Mercedes S class payment every year that I'm now saving. And so now put it in that terms that that equates to a college tuition payment for the year for my kid that equates to private school for my kids versus not sending them to private school. Yeah. And, and again, 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'll, I'll let you you're go. on a roll, bro. <laughs> I, sometimes I start rambling, Eric, and I, so cut me off <laughs> at any time, dude. I'm good. <laughs> uh, so, no, I just want to say, like, this is how, when people say, like, I can't afford that, you know, like, that's out of my budget. Um, this is exactly how, like, you can justify spending money on this stuff because you're going to make it up on the back end. And I think people have to think about what they're going to save, not just in product, but also time, right? Mm-hmm. those things have to be considered absolutely when when you're investing you get to not just look at the upfront cost but you have to project like what am i going to save in a year if i am i if i'm not losing all this product if i'm saving time and like time is money um or if i'm coaching my staff to do it properly the first time it, yeah. you know because oftentimes it's really a training thing as much as it is somebody's really being nefarious and just stealing cases of stakes that doesn't happen as no. often as they're portioning wrong. They think it's three ounces and they're putting five ounces and five ounces is a 40% Delta over three ounces of a product on something. Well, a 40% Delta on any one product, especially if it's a high food cost item makes a huge difference to the profitability of that, of that item. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we can probably get to the part where we start recommending things or is there more you want to unpack yeah. here? No. And, and again, um, the one thing I'll say to, to you guys and Eric, I know that you're, you're growing kind of this, this, you know, restaurant unstoppable network stuff, but if you guys have questions about this stuff after just hit me on Twitter or, or send me an email and I'm, I'm happy to give you, you guys, know you're you invited to the network after this man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't no. worry, we'll talk afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I would say recommendations. One, one that's a big one, and it's taken taken quite a bit of money, but it's but um, they're quite good. Is the guys at Restaurant Three Sixty Five? Um, if you're not familiar with the guys at Restaurant Three Sixty Five, and I think they've been either guests or, or sponsors on the podcast, Eric. Um, great guys, former restaurant guys that were accountants as well. You, you'll get a lot of what is in recommendation number six in Restaurant Three Sixty Five. But I would say for that small to mid sized business. They have a full inventory management package that is that is awesome. Yeah, um, that is awesome. It it allows you to do that input and output. The second one is Compete. The guys that compete um, in in Austin, Texas, they also have a great inventory management package. Again, there's hundreds of them. Just because I say these two, it might not fit for your business and your brand. I, I've got dozens of others, but but you've asked for two, and those would be two that I that often should be in every conversation if you're looking at implementing an inventory management system. Yeah. So um, now my turn. Basically, uh, I would say I, when coming up with, my, with the ones I was going to recommend, it was com- between Restaurant 365 and Compete. I <laughs> chose to end up going with Restaurant 365 um, because they've been recommended a lot more recently. Like a lot more recently. So I know yeah. that they've been scaling recently. Um, and uh, this is just coincidental. Honestly, I'm not planning this. Uh, sometimes it feels like I am. They also integrate really well with toast. Um, so just another and compete there. did just go through an acquisition about 18, maybe 24 months ago. And so there was a little bit of uh, branding and a little bit of product merge there. They, they bought C to it, which is an above store reporting package a couple of years ago, yep. or they merged those two companies and yep. uh, they, they had a little bit of a uh, couple of speed bumps there as they were, as they were implementing those things. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing uh, I'll, this, this is another product that's been recommended a lot recently. It's been coming up a lot organically on the show within the past two years. Play at IQ. Um, would you yep. would you categorize Play IQ in this? I, w- I would. They're they're good guys actually. Um, uh, I got to meet the founder actually at a Hot Schedules conference about eighteen months ago. Back when we were allowed to have conferences and see people right. in person yeah. and didn't have to do the Zoom thing. Um, but uh, no, in general, um, uh, the the Play IQ guys 
do a really, really good job of giving you data analytics. So um, I, the thing I like about Plate IQ is they are not just let me show you the data. They do a good job of steering you towards what you need to do to fix it. Um, so that part I love about it because it's it's more prescriptive than it is just data analytics and and data be, being on a on a website or on a report that gets emailed to you. Nice. And I, I will say this about Restaurant 365 and Compete; those are kind of like all in one restaurant solutions. So like you're going to be getting like not just inventory management with those platforms, but labor management and just like a accounting, a whole suite of tools. So um, the other reason why I chose to, to include plate IQ is because it's kind of a standalone product. So if you're not looking for the whole shabam, I kind of feel like they give you just that solution. Is that a safe statement or you, you I'm, I'm yes. assuming you know yes, more for that. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they, well, I'm not suggesting that I know more than you do, but um, I will suggest that, that uh, in that they do one thing and they do it really, really well. Whereas those other two do quite a few other things outside of um, outside of just kind of the core um, core food cost management. Yeah. I'm totally cool with being the guy who knows the guy who knows more than I do. So <laughs> thank you for all your good. <laughs> all right. So moving on to the next item on our list. Actually, this is a great spot to, to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Yes, it's true. Kick and scream all you want, but more and more guests want to text instead of speaking over the phone. Good thing there's Podium. Even if you're old-fashioned like me, this is good news. Frankly, accepting orders via text is more effective, efficient, and accurate. You can even accept payments after hours. How convenient is that? Not to mention it's safer. No more accepting credit card numbers over the phone. Instead, do it the safe way with Podium Payments. By the way, Podium Payments is fully integratable with Apple Pay. Uh, what else is there? Do you like getting reviews? Who doesn't? With Podium Pay, send a review invite at the time it's most likely to be clicked right after an order is completed. They even throw in 250 review invites as part of Podium's free products. Now, you might be asking yourself, what about websites? Everybody wants to order online. Podium's got you covered. Take orders from your website, no matter what tools you use via Podium Web Chat. What are you waiting for? Set up a business texting line right now. No cost, no contract, no reason not to get started. Head to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash Podium and get Podium's starter version free. That's restaurantunstoppable.com slash Podium. We're back. And the next item on our list is labor management. I honestly, I, I like, I like your list. I'm not bashing your list, Jeremy. I, for me, I would put this closer to like right below, um, point of sale, point of sale. But I'm curious why you thought that those two other items were more important. I mean, you already answered the, the KDS and the commit, but, um, um, the inventory management, I mean, yeah. labor management and inventory management, I could flip them back and yeah. forth. They're um, all important. They're all, I mean, they're all important, but um, labor management, two, two reasons why. Um, I think most people have something for labor management, even if it's just an Excel schedule. And so part of why I moved it down on the list is you've got you've to hire people, you've got to pay people, and you've got to put them on the schedule. And so like almost everybody has something yeah. for that. And so why I put labor management a little bit farther down is if you already have something, utilize that. But quite frankly, I, I looked at it and said, you know what, 
going forward, I, I think it's something you need to evaluate. Um, it is your, you know, oftentimes either your first or second biggest cost, depending upon where you are in the country and what your labor rates are. Again, I happen to be in California where we're inching closer to that $15 an hour minimum wage. And, yeah. and so it definitely, um, and again, I, Eric, if you want, I can, uh, I can send you the, the white paper that we wrote on, on, you know, what you need to do for labor management related to, uh, $15 an hour minimum wage. It might help. I might, I'm, guess this out. is not today's subject, but I'm just going to throw it out there because I'm curious to get some feedback. I'm, I'm interested in doing an episode dedicated to why I think minimum wage should be eliminated. And people that, that a, yeah. And <laughs> that's an interesting, we'll approach. save it for another day, but I think that's yeah, a yeah. really interesting topic. Um, but I know that perked up a few years, so don't be afraid to email me if you're curious what I'm thinking about. Uh, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. So, okay, back to labor management. Um, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, it, you need to be able to pay people. Back to You need to be able to hire right? people. You need to be able to schedule people. They need to be able to punch in. And in an enhanced labor management system, it needs to integrate to your point of sale, back to part number one, so that you can see sales versus labor and start to look at analytics as to how your staff is doing compared to what your labor rates are. And then some of the most advanced labor management systems, you're going to have metrics that are going to do you give you predictive scheduling, predictive analytics, understanding of what it is that you're doing. Also making sure that you're within compliance within the labor law. Again, I, I share with you guys that are in California. Don't hold that against me. But um, the um, in California, there's a whole bunch of funky break laws. New York has got some as well, where I've got to take a break before my fifth hour starts if I'm scheduled for more than six hours. And you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff for for hourly employees. And many times they're really, really challenging to manage those things and schedule people appropriately. The other thing with a lot of the new um, AI and, and machine learning stuff is figuring out who your best staff members are to drive the most amount of sales. Why not put your best server in your best section or put your best cashier at your most used cashier station when you need that sales drive? You know, Don't schedule your best server to work a Tuesday night because they're not going to make as much money and you're not going to, you know, not going to put them in there. And so a lot of these labor management systems are going to give you predictive that says, put these, this person into the right place at the right time. So yeah. Um, and I think just again, back to like prime costs, labor management is one of those things. If you can get your, your labor management down and you can get the most bang out of your, your buck with the people that like, it just helps you. Tr- what, what's the saying? What gets tracked gets, what gets measured, gets minded or yeah, something like that. Peter Drucker. Yeah. It's yeah. the Peter Drucker. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and he talks about what gets tracked and, and measured gets some, you know, gets better. Yeah. And so if you're tracking these things, you're going to end up, end up getting the value back from it. Um, I, I would say if you don't have an automated labor management system, unequivocally, you guys need to consider it. You need to at least have punch management, punch in and punch out through your point of sale, and then the ability to schedule. Yeah. Some of these other predictive things that I'm talking about are, are a bit complex for some, but, um, but at a minimum, you have to have scheduling and schedule enforcement. The other thing that I would say about labor management um, is if it's integrated with your point of sale and integrated with your time clock system, just punching in 10 minutes early or punching out 10 minutes late at $15 an hour ends up, up, you know, when you compound those things out, it adds up to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over a, over the year, if you're not doing that, but who wants to be that guy who wants to be that owner that's sitting there, um, you know, 
managing or having your your store manager sitting there watching that the person punched in on time let the computer do the work for you yeah so that i mean in all of our systems that we're talking about today there's so much that the computer can do if it's set up properly for you that um quite frankly i look at it and go you know what man the these would be hugely beneficial if you could just allow them to uh allow allow the systems to be set up and run for themselves and you're gonna end up getting the money back out of it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get to some recommendations. So what do you have for us? I, uh, I mean, the 800 pound gorilla in this space is hot schedules. Um, they did get bought recently by a company out of the UK. Um, and, uh, but hot schedules has been around. They were the pioneers. I know the founders, great guys. They were restaurant tours that saw that there was this Excel hell and people having a call in to figure out their schedules and they built a phenomenal product. Um, it is a bit expensive. So if you're not, you know, if it, it, you just got to be careful, but um, it does pay for itself. And, and many of your staff members are going to want it, um, want that solution. The other one is um, uh, a product and Eric, you may or may not be familiar with it called seven shifts. I am um, they're, a, they're, they're a younger, younger group. That's kind of really trying to take over some of that market share where hot schedules has struggled to kind of keep the market share that they already have. Yeah. Uh, I am familiar with seven shifts. It's on my list. Um, and part of the reason why it's on my list is because again, I'm, when I'm, when I'm thinking of my recommendations, I've been doing the show for almost, over, almost eight years now. It's hard to believe. And I've seen a shift in what used to be recommended to what's being recommended. Now hot schedules by far was the most like kind of like a landslide situation with toast uh, yep. was like the landslide situation with labor management back like four or five years ago. Now I'm seeing a lot more recommendations of seven shifts. Um, and again, the kind of the theme, it also integrates with toast. So it's yeah. one of those features you can turn on with toast, but I should also mention that hot schedules does as well. Um, and um, my other recommendation, organic recommendation, and this is just because it's such a simple solution. And I feel like sometimes when you're just getting started and maybe you don't quite have the budget for some of the, the, the nicer, more all-inclusive platforms that I think are a great investment, but sometimes you just can't do it. You can't make it happen. Uh, schedule fly. It's a, it's a simple, yeah. like they, like, and this isn't a bash to schedule fly, but I feel like they haven't really changed it since they created it. And that's because it's meant to be a simple, basic solution. It's, it's, they don't want bells and whistles. They want a solid, like this, you can't, you can't screw this up solution. And I feel like that's what they created with schedule fly. It's super basic, super simple. Awesome. Um, only other thing I want to mention that didn't really come out in today's conversation about labor management is that, what this does for communication and keeping people accountable is having labor management. How many times do people just call out or just not no show because they didn't know they were on the schedule. The cool thing about these platforms is that there's no excuse. There's <laughs> I love no, the air quotes, Greg. <laughs> they, there's no excuse. They, 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 yeah. can, they can get it an email. They have the website. They get push notifications that they're going to be scheduled. Um, and there's just literally no excuse and it really helps with communication and mm-hmm. when you if you're if you're putting all that pressure on a manager to keep everyone's schedules aligned to, to keep the, the communication open um these tools let people sh- trade shifts you can just with a click approve or deny the shift so it helps with communication i feel like the ball gets dropped so much with communication around scheduling that like it, with these tools it streams it streamlines communication so much and that that alone that time you spend just not trying to call people and trying to communicate being the middleman and trying to organize schedules is it pays for itself 
Absolutely. Um, all right. So this would have been the last item on our list, but it's now the second to last item on the list. What's the, the, the fifth item we need to invest in in our business? So, um, and so many of these things are really so that you don't have to be in the restaurant seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's a security system, you know, and again, um, having some form of a security system that you can get into from your phone or get into from your laptop while you're watching The Bachelor with your wife um, or whatever it might be, having a security system that can, that you can see your restaurant from a remote location is something that I would suggest all restaurant tours have. Um, you know, even if it's for something as simple as a slip and fall from a guest and or from an employee, you've got the camera that's going to catch whether it's a slip and fall, you know, to use air, Greg's air quotes, you know, because oftentimes people are looking for a payday. And, and we've had lots of our restaurants that have gotten sued by either, you know, ambulance chasing lawyers that, that are that are slipping and falling because somebody didn't you know, um, put the sign out that there was, uh, that there was water, you know, cause you just mopped or whatever they, they slipped and fell and, and now they've broken their hip and they're, they're going to be disabled for life. And your insurance is now going to have to pay for that. Having a security camera. And we've had dozens of our customers that get, uh, that, that because they've got this in there, it saved them tons and tons. The second piece about the security system is they're getting more, integrated to the transaction engines. And so, you know, we had a guy that, that would sell Louis the 13th for, you know, whatever it was hundred dollars a shot or whatever the, the amount was. And he would put the security camera on the Louis. And if Louis hadn't gotten rung up in the point of sale within one minute of the Louis getting touched, it would send him a text message. And as an owner, he would be able to see through the point of sale transaction that somebody took something that they shouldn't have from a spot in the restaurant um, because a lot of these heat maps and the, these, these security systems are going to end yeah. up They're being able to, data to tie in. It's, it's, yep. it's like looking at data and looking at human behavior and trends and communicating the, the benefits of those trends to the owner. Um, Absolutely. So there's some really interesting stuff happening in that field. Plus I think it just keeps people honest. If they know there's yeah. a camera, um, they're, they're less likely to steal. Like it's, yep. it's that simple. Like if they know yeah. it's there, they know they're going to get caught. Like it, it's just going to kind of keep people honest. Unfortunately, well, and that, being in the restaurant technology to- world, I have seen hundreds, if not thousands of different schemes to have people give away free food and collect the cash. And then, you know, whether it's the paper clips or the pennies in your cash till they're always screwing with stuff. And so if you suspect it, you've got a camera and it's really easy to catch somebody not ringing up the full transaction. You know, a lot of people know a Coke is 238. Well, if it's 238, I'm going to take, you know, and I'm good at math. I'm going to take 238 off of that cash transaction. I'm going to delete it before I send it because it's a self-serve Coke. And now for every self-serve Coke that I get, I'm collecting 238 and it's going into my pocket. Again, there was a cashier at a place that we had that literally was driving an S-class Mercedes, you know, a $100,000 automobile, $120,000 automobile as a cashier because she was stealing. This place happened to do six or seven million dollars a year, but she was a cashier at this Jewish deli up in up in the San Fernando Valley. And I was like, dude, there's no way that that crook can be doing that. So we put in the camera, we integrated it to a point of sale. And within a within a week, we caught what she was doing and then called the DA and you know, had her had her um, arrested for theft because she had stolen almost a million dollars in the five years that she'd been at that that's company. Crazy man! Wow, that's that's nuts. Um, again, almost a million dollars from this this brand at, that was already very successful, and they just didn't have enough time to catch it. And so I tell these stories, but it's like, you know what? That's that system might cost you five grand or six grand to implement, but how much could it have saved you in time, energy, and lost profits that you have by just having that there? Yeah. Awesome. So do you have some recommendations? 
I actually don't have any pure recommendations because security security systems are a tough one um, because there's not any real national brands that do security. Every single state has different laws. And so unfortunately, I apologize. I can't give you a global um, global statement. I've got a few you know, for California, but I would suggest you guys have to look to your local because, again, every state has different surveillance laws. And because of that, there's not been any one national player like Toaster or Seven Shifts or you know any of these different players that has kind of gone across state lines. So, so what's the, I apologize the, about that. So where's the best place to start if we were interested in this? Should we go to our, uh, our state uh, restaurant association to find out? I would start with the restaurant association in your state. And then you guys all know other restaurant tours that are in your neighborhood. Ask. Yeah. Ask your if buddies you down the street. Restaurants, like, what do I got to do to get that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Walk in and be like, hey, dude, do you like the, the stuff that you have? Because again, um, we try to do some installs for some camera systems. Um, a lot of times your point of sale provider also has a has either a recommendation, um, but I would just ask for recommendations from vendors that you guys have. Your Cisco rep, your US Foods rep, ask them. Yep. Say, hey, you guys are in restaurants every day. Talk to your customers and help me get this stuff. But I apologize. I can't give you any recommendations on the security side. I mean, I, I don't get a lot of recommendations there. We um, did get one recommendation that I was looking through my, my list of recommendations. Uh, we do our best to track those um, from Johnny Ray from, uh, I think it's Ray's, uh, Johnny Ray. What? Johnny Ray's Zone. What is the name of the? It's the Nashville Hot Chicken out of LA. I can't think of it, but it's oh yeah, Howlin yeah, yeah. Um, Howlin Rays. Yeah, Howlin yeah, yeah. Rays recommended Nest Cam, which I think is just a at, it's a it's a home camera system. I think that's one thing to point out is that technology is getting so good that there's so many options out there. Yeah, and and, and you can even start with the consumer stuff that you're going to buy at Costco. Yeah, and then if you want to integrate it to your point of sale, then talk to your point of sale providers. But um, whether it's Nest or it's um, Arlo. Or or it's um, Amazon's got a new camera. There's quite a few different, um, quite a few different. Um, uh, and Nest is owned you know, by Google. I should have pointed that out. Yep. Yeah, they are. Yep. they are. Cool. So this is uh, the last item on our list. I don't even know what it is. I'm kind of excited to hear what you're going to say. What is the sixth item on our list that we should invest in? Um, the, the back office reporting, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the restaurant 365 side, but it's really having a data analytics tool that you can see week over week, month over month, year over year, sales, labor, labor percentages. And part of that solution needs to pull in your point of sale data, your, um, inventory data, your food costing data, your labor management data and be able to be mobile ready that you can get to it wherever you are on your mobile phone, on your tablet, sitting on your couch, again, watching the bachelor with your wife or whatever. Um, but being able to do that um, is a huge piece of making sure that you can manage your business from wherever you are in the world. Um, and so that back office reporting, nobody puts in a point of sale just for the transaction engine. They want to see the data out of it and then be able to make better business decisions. And so if you don't have a reporting system that's going to be able to get you that, then um, it, you're, you're at a disadvantage to other people that, uh, that are out there that, um, that already have those systems and can do the analytics. Awesome. Um, and I don't know if we really have to unpackage that much no. more. Um, and I want to make sure we leave plenty of time to answer some questions. Hopefully there are some questions. Uh, I already see some being typed in here. Thank you guys so much. Um, so what are your recommendations for that platform? Um, I think if you're looking for just a pure reporting system and you already have kind of food costing and inventory management, we already talked about um, the um, the stuff from, from uh, Restaurant 365 and Compete. But if those aren't serving your needs. There's two products that I, that I love. One is a product um, called Avero out of New York. 
And Avero does a lot in the way of data analytics, data predictive data analytics, and helps you with reporting. And then C2IT. Um, C2IT really started as a, a capability to give you real-time data to the operators in a, in, in a way that they can get to those things where they need to, when Which they is need now to. compete, we should mention, C2IT is now compete. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. If you're looking, but you can but buy, I think you can buy just the reporting piece. And then last but not least is always look at what your point of sale provider has. Almost all of them have a reporting solution that's that's now mobile ready and capable, you know, Aloha has it, Toast has it, um, North Star has it, PosiTouch has it, you know, I can go down the list, Square has it to where you can get to some of that data from an external source. But yeah. if, if your point of sale data from a reporting solution is lacking, um, Compete and, and Avero both uh, both do a phenomenal job. And again, there's probably five dozen others out there, but um, if you're looking for um, if you're looking for a reporting solution to give you data analytics, and again, being able to know how to staff for Memorial Day weekend or for Labor Day weekends coming up next week. Um, how are you going to staff for Labor Day weekend? Well, I think it was kind of busy. Why was it busy? You know, um, what, what happened there and what did my staff look like? What did my sales look like? Was I slow? Was I busy? Depending upon what was going on, you're going to be able to save one or two labor points that day by knowing what the last three years look like on Labor Day weekend or, or whatnot. Got you. Uh, Jeremy, this has been a great conversation. Tons of incredible advice uh, and recommendations came out of today's chat. Thank you so much. And I think if you have anything else you want to mention, now's the time to get it out before we move to some Q&A. Um, not necessarily. I know I put into my notes to you that that um, there's probably another six or seven systems that you guys need to consider. We talked a little bit about them, but um, it really kind of goes back to that open, having the open architecture on the point of sale side to be able to do it, whether it's integrations to DoorDash and third-party delivery to, you know, and I, I could go through, you know, I, I don't know. It's in, the, in those show notes. Maybe we can do a uh, second take that's like the seventh through the 10th or yeah. seventh through 15th. Uh, that, man. You're always uh, welcome back. Deal, uh, just because uh, hopefully those are good, good data points that people might want. You know your stuff. You're always welcome back here. This is not going to be the last time we chat. I'm sure of that. Um, so we're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to answer some of your questions. Head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to find out why Toast POS is the number one recommended POS on the show by a landslide. So there's a bunch of reasons why Toast is being recommended on the show, but I'm finding the most common reason is because of their customer support. And now, while I don't think you'll need their customer support all the time, it when that Friday night rolls around and there is a question you have and you're busy, you're going to wish you were able to get right into that customer support and they will be there for you. Uh, the other reason why Toast is always being recommended on the show is because of how many other platforms integrate with Toast. So you can literally marry all the technologies in your company together. They'll, they'll work together. They integrate together and you can turn on these additional features as you need them. It's like flipping a switch. It's that easy. So that's why I love toast. That's why my guests love toast. And again, if you want to learn more, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, I'll send you a check for a thousand dollars when you become a customer. All right, we're back and we're ready to answer some questions. I'm going to go ahead and unmute our first question asker, which is Greg. Greg, you have the, the floor. Go ahead and uh, ask Jeremy your question. Let us know where you are and who you are. All right, thanks, Eric. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, my name is Greg Lindsay uh, up in Northern Virginia in uh, Alexandria, outside D.C. I have a business called the Jewish Deli. We uh, hand-rolled New York-style bagels and uh, breakfast and lunch sandwiches. So my question, I guess, goes along with the uh, POS portion. 
Um, and I've gone back and forth and then just had somebody approach me about, you know, get some marketing email and I talked to somebody. Where do you feel or how do you feel about uh, cre- having an app created for your business with everything being more and more mobile? Um, do you think there's value in that or did that kind of become overly saturated with restaurants and people who aren't downloading restaurant apps or where are your thoughts on that? So my opinion and kind of where I think things are going with the advent of technology is um, I think if you're high frequency, and again, I don't know what your frequency looks like. Everybody that's a coffee drinker that lives in a major city probably has a Starbucks app installed, whether they drink Starbucks or not, but that's a high frequency touch point. Um, To me, you know, when your frequency at Del Frisco's Steakhouse is once a once a quarter or once a year when I take my wife out to, to dinner for our anniversary, I'm probably not going to download the um, that app. And so to me, it all comes back to your guest frequency. If somebody is stopping by to grab a bagel on their way to work four days a week, then having an app to me makes sense. If somebody's coming to your to your business once a quarter or less than once a month, then they're probably not going to utilize that app or that space on their phone to be able to do that. And so um, that's, that's my recommendation or my suggestion, but I don't think that it stops there. I think with COVID um, and I just got to experience this just yesterday at my favorite um, Neapolitan pizza place, they, the technology companies are merging with kind of the mobile ordering platform. And some of the best ones are doing a great job of allowing you to either mobile order or mobile pay straight from your device in an HTML5, HTML5 being kind of a, a responsive web app to either pull up the menu and or order and or pay on your app. And so if you're not a high frequency, high frequency location, I would suggest you at least open that up to allow the guests to be where they are. No, nothing is more important to most guests today than safety. And so making sure that the guests feel safe to, to patronize your, your establishment is critical. And so giving those options to be able to allow them to order from their phone, to allow them to pay from their phone, to allow them to not have to pass a credit card back and forth or to touch a paper or plastic menu that's been touched by 50 other people um, this week, no matter how well you sanitized it or how well you cleaned it, guests want that experience. And so allowing guests to get to that place and then using the technology of HTML5, I think is somewhere where a lot of people go. My own, and and I've got a podcast on this, if you want to link to it, Eric, is I, I have a whole podcast that I think casual dining in the future, especially for people that are just looking to go get to satiation, you know, going to get food. They're not looking to go to Del Frisco's for a, for an anniversary dinner, but to go to a Chili's or an Applebee's. And again, nothing wrong with those brands, but to go to a Chili's or an Applebee's, you're going to sit down. There's going to be a QR code on your table. And I had this podcast a year and a half ago, well before, um, well before COVID hit, I'm going to scan my code on the table. I'm going to order from my phone. I'm going to send it through the kitchen for my phone. I'm going to pay for my phone. And the only time I'm going to see a service staff member is either when I call them from my phone or when they come to deliver my food and my drinks. My opinion, I think that's where the world is going. And I think it's only accelerated with COVID. Yeah. Uh, I just want to compound off that real quick. Unless, Gregory, do you, do you have uh, do you want to come back with a response from Jeremy's response? I don't want to cut you short. No, no, no. Makes sense. Appreciate it. Awesome. Um, so one thing I, I, I know that apps, mobile apps were kind of a, a big thing going back like five years ago. Like everybody was trying to push the idea of having a personalized app for your, your restaurant. Um, websites have come a long way 
in the past five years. Uh, and I feel like you, I think the big draw to apps was the push notifications is that yep. it was basically you could do direct marketing with an app. You could literally push information straight to people's phones. Um, now today people can just shut those off. They can shut those notifications off. Uh, so I think there's actually more, more power in SMS marketing. If you want direct mail marketing, you want to do it through technology and with how responsive websites are today, you can do almost everything with an app that with the website like you yep. like, so like i don't know if it's as significant as or as you know powerful as it was maybe five years ago that's uh-huh. kind of where i, I mean, other than the fact that i would say if you have brand loyalty where somebody's coming to your premises twice a month having an app really um drives but that's more about the loyalty behavior. right yeah. yeah. Well, and and again, I think of myself. I, I happen to you know be married with four kids, and so we go to where the kids want to go. Um, any of you guys that are married with kids just know that that's kind of the way things work. Where does my wife want to go, and where do the kids want to go? But having that app for Chick Fil A, um, for example, um, whether you like Chick Fil A or not, it's easy. I just pull up the app. I say reorder the family dinner, and I pick it up on the way home from work. It just becomes a high frequency. We're there at Chick Fil A at least twice a month. Where I stop on my way home from work, or my wife stops on the way home from. So she's. Got a lunch order built into the app and she's got a dinner order built into the app and she just she hits chick-fil-a on the way home from soccer practice picks it up and it's dinner um dinner when we get home and so if it's a high frequency item i would say an app gives you more control of that customer experience than a web app can eric but i would agree with you if you're not a super high frequency customer that having an app is is probably a diversion from what you really should be spending your time and your money on my opinion awesome and i just do want to point out um Greg did have a comment on home base as a scheduling resource that was on my list. I almost included it, uh, but that is another really affordable uh, free option for labor management. If you guys want something to check out home base is worth looking into for sure. Um, and all right. And on to our next question. I think the question you want to ask is what would, what would uh, we consider a competitive credit card processing rate? Um, again, credit card rates are all over the board. I think it depends on what your, um, volume is what your um, types of cards are. You know, you're going to pay more per transaction if you're a $200 a person meal versus a you know $6 you know bagel and a, and a coffee type place or whatever whatever the, those those rates are. And so it does come back to to that. I did put the link in to the the chat, and if Eric, you can put that in there. It um it's an, an that analysis tool. I think it's. 10 bucks to, to upload your credit card rate. And so um, I typically start in the kind of, you know, um, in the, not as a percentage, because a lot of people talk about percentages. I like to look at kind of that 10 cents a transaction plus interchange. Interchange is what Visa, MasterCard, American Express charge plus 10 cents a transaction is kind of the baseline. Um, if your transaction volume is super high and or your check average is super high, you can drive that down. But kind of, you know, and I, th- I know that that typically a square toast comes in at either a percentage rate or at, you know, in the their, their standard out of, uh, across the board contracts is that 15 cents a transaction from what I've seen here in Southern California. But oftentimes getting into that eight or nine cents a transaction plus interchange, um, which really gets you to an effective rate of anywhere between 1.9 and, and 2.3, 2.4%. Gotcha. So I, don't, I don't know if that helps uh, helps you with the, the question that you asked on there, but Maybe I would say use a, that a link. Head nod, a head nod, did that help you? Um, <laughs> so I, th- I think that answers the question. Thank you very much, Julian. We're going to move to the next question we have here um, from Sean. Sean, I'm going to go to you to see if you have a mic today. Who you are and where you cool. are, brother. Uh, yeah, um, so I'm Sean. I am... Sorry, I'm going to walk away from something. 
Uh, I'm trying, I'm starting, I guess, a restaurant, um, basically from scratch, but it has a reputation uh, in the past, opening after COVID, but it's basically brand new. Um, so I'm trying to put together the suite of technology that's going to replace me and be the most efficient uh, during this opening and then into the operating process. Um, I'm also trying to find obviously the best uh, budget friendly means of getting all these systems and basically having my pie and eating it too. Do you think it's worthy to request deals or something of the sort from these companies because they have lost so much business and they're trying to get new people? As how much flexibility do you see in these companies giving new restaurants a break in order to get their products out there? Um, I mean, I think it's been across the board. COVID's obviously been tough for all of us, both restaurateurs and technology companies. But um, those that um, almost everybody has done something. And um, in the world of, of SaaS and in the world of, um, you know, continue pay as you go, a lot of times the upfront investment is a lot lower, you know, to, to uh, Eric, your point, the upfront investment is a lot lower, um, but the term of the contract is a lot longer. And so, um, but I would say, Sean, unequivocally, you've got to ask for a deal. You've got to say, Hey, you know, I'm looking to, to partner with somebody. And I think they want to hear words like I'm looking to partner for the long term. I'm looking to grow. I'm looking to have you help me run this business. I mean, you're, you're opening salvo of, of I'm trying to build systems that are going to replace me. Those are music to the ears of, of Ponacell implementers because not that they want to replace you, but your value is in connecting with your guests. Your value is in driving sales. Your value is in delivering great products, not in being a computer. A computer can do rote mundane tasks a lot better than any human being can do. So having that, but then saying, you know what, Hey, let me, let me, you know, I need some help. And a lot of these guys have got either free, like I know toast offered free online ordering for 60 or 90 days right at the beginning of COVID. And, and many of these guys are either extending that and or are reducing some of those things. If you use my links, it's being extended. (laughs) Just throwing it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, um, I would, I would say yes, absolutely. Ask those guys. And, um, none of us in the restaurant technology business have a business. If we screw over our customers and don't take care of them, we want you guys to succeed just as much as we need the, the opportunity to succeed. And so, um, whether it's extended payment terms, whether it's getting some aggressive financing terms on, in place, whether it's bundling options to, to reduce some of those costs, those are all ploys that, that a lot of people are, are doing. Um, and I say ploys, um, and that sounds negative, but it's those are all options that these providers are offering to allow you guys to drive in um, some better technology for less overall costs on a on an annualized basis. And with all six of the solutions, if done pro- appropriately, they are going to pay for themselves year over year, month over month, week over week. Yeah, I, th- I think one way I like to look at technology, I-, I think a lot of people look at technology as just like whistles and gadgets that nobody needs. But what we learned from like the E-Myth, for example, is that we need to replace ourselves with systems, processes and procedures. All t- this technology is is somebody who's way better at doing that, finding a, an amazing solution to solve a problem, and you can just plug that into your business. You you could never create the same thing with your. I mean, maybe you could. Maybe you're one of those freak shows that's a coder or like a tech person that can like literally build whatever they can imagine through technology. But if you're not like one one of those people, like most of us aren't, then just it's it literally what you're doing is you're, you're plugging, you're, you're taking all these things and you're just plugging them into your system. 
system and they're 10 times more efficient and effective than you could ever create on your own. So yeah. they're going to pay for themselves and the time you spend, um, trying to develop these things, just the, the time you get back in your life, tracking, uh, having control, it, like the, it, these things like make, uh, trust and track management systems so possible because you can just, well, and the other so thing much. I would say to, to that, Eric is, is these restaurant implementers see hundreds, if not thousands of restaurants, they see tons of people. You have no idea how many times I walk into a restaurant. It's like, well, we're unique. It's like, yeah, you're unique. Cause you serve this cuisine with this recipe. But the truth is, is you are the same as every other restaurant. You're, you've got a kitchen, you've got food preparation, you've got food delivery, you've got to rig up the transaction, you've got to collect the cash from the people, you know. And so oftentimes listening to those guys, because they're seeing other people that are out there in the industry, especially those guys that have been around 10, 15, 20 years, they're seeing other people out there in the industry that have done it really, really well. And they're going to be able to give you guys insights that says, have you considered this? Have you considered integrating your DoorDash in and not having somebody sit there at a cashier stand and wait for the tablet to ding and then go and re-ring that thing back up. Um, you know, they're going to say, Hey, what about this? And you know what, what does that cost you? And the right kind of implementers are going to end up helping accelerate your growth. If you pick those right things and listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Jeremy, I think we have time for one more question in uh, Jason. I'm going to, it looks like you're able to get um, back on and get use of your microphone and you should be available to ask your question. Give it a shot. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, my name is Jason Velez from Stero, Florida, owner of Next Stop Brunch. We do uh, all handheld kind of brunch-themed sandwiches. Now, um, the question is, if we are planning to eventually franchise, what is the technology that we should have on the radar now? What should we be doing now at the beginning stages of the business to plan for that scalability? Um, I would start by saying where I've seen... Um, where I've seen franchises succeed and or fail, and we've dealt with hundreds, if not thousands of them over the years, is building those core systems that are scalable and trackable from a remote location, you know, from, from your corporate headquarters. So looking at a system that you can do franchise reporting, that the transactions are going through the system, that you're offering value just helping a group with a shingle and a name and maybe some marketing does not succeed in today's day and age because most of your franchisees are going to be either first-time restaurateurs or going to have some limited restaurant experience. They're going to be owner operators that might not be able to develop those systems. And so with that, the most successful franchises that I've worked with come in with a, here is your package and this is how you should run your restaurant. And they work that into their documentation. They work that into their training. They work that into the core of what they do. If you're not working, you know, after you figure out what your brand is and and where you guys are going, working with a group like France Smart or some of these other franchising companies, not just to sell those things, but to ask for the checklist of the things that franchisees expect that come as part of the package when they buy a franchise is really, really important. And so if you haven't already done that and where you guys are at that place where 2021, you guys are looking, you know, to franchise, I would suggest getting with like a, a France Smart or there's a bunch of different companies out there that do franchising. Don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to use them to sell your franchises, but ask them for their checklist as to what are franchisees looking for. And on the technology front, the most successful franchisees come in and say, here's how you're going to manage your labor. Here's how you're going to manage your sales. Here's how you're going to manage your inventory management. Here's how you're going to manage your security. Because then, you know, and to, to the, the six bullet points that we talked about, because now I have a plug and play package. That is what a McDonald's does. That is what a Chick-fil-A does. That is what, a, you know, a lot of 
these really big, successful multinational chains have done. And whether you like their brand or not, they figured out how to make a freaking successful restaurant group. Um, and we might not eat there on a, on a daily basis, but they figured out how to help these franchisees stay in business and, and make some money. Well, you mentioned a company. It was Fran something or other. Fran, Fran Smart. Um, there's Fran. two or three big franchising groups in the country that kind of take, you know, a Dickie's Barbecue from, you know, five locations to 500. Um, and there's a few of them. Um, go look up, you know, restaurant franchising companies, and they really kind of have a blueprint that says this is what it is that you need to do. This is your checklist that you need to go through from facilities management to restaurant systems management to technology to, you know, I mean, to, to national contracts with broadline distributors. They really have a checklist and then they will also go out and advertise and, and franchise on your behalf if you want to. I think I just found a new company that needs to be in my network. Um, <laughs> also, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Synergy Consultants. Uh, they do a really, I've heard great things about the services they provide helping uh, concepts get to that franchise state. So they do, that's, a, that's, that's in their marketing mix of products they offer. So um, another great company too. Um, Jeremy, I can't say thank you enough, man. I think that's uh, about all we have time for today. I just want to say thank you for uh, coming back on the show for a third time, diving deep into these subjects, uh, these systems that we should be implementing into our, our business and making some recommendations. And thank you to all of our network members who are able to show up today and ask your questions. I uh, wouldn't be able to do what I do without all of your support and help every one of you guys. Thank you so much. And how can we connect with you, Jeremy? Uh, if we had, if we want to come follow you, uh, your, listen to your podcast, uh, go to your so website. The, 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 the website is restauranttechnologyguys.com. We send out a once a month newsletter that, that really kind of encapsulates everything that we've got that, that hits there. So if you go to restauranttechnologyguys.com, um, we talk about anything from third party delivery to liquor management systems, to inventory, to food costs, to a lot of the things that we talked about and and a lot more. Um, so that's restauranttechnologyguys.com. Um, as I said earlier, Eric, thank you for the inspiration to start that. Um, it was really just to kind of help those people. And um, so that's the newsletter. We get two or three blog posts a month and then uh, three to four podcasts a month. And then if you're on whatever your podcast player is, go search restauranttechnologyguys.com. Um, on there, there's links. Um, uh, Rest Tech Guys is the Twitter handle. If you guys are big Twitter people, you can hit me up there, and I have Twitter conversations from time to time. But um, I'm available. My phone number's on the website. My uh, I'm not hard to get a hold of. You search my name. You search Restaurant Technology Guys. My stupid mug shows up on on the uh, uh, on your your Google search window. Beautiful. Uh, and thank you guys all again. And Jeremy, like I tell all my guests, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Cheers, brother. And cheers, awesome. everybody else. Thanks, man. All right, guys. We'll cut it there. Well, there we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Jeremy, Julian, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your knowledge. And I just have a lot of trust in you. I know you're steering my listeners in the right direction. Uh, and I just, I think there was a ton of value that came out of today's chat. Some great recommendations, some great systems covered. And uh, again, some of the big recommendations in today's conversation, obviously Toast came up a lot. Head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to get the unique restaurant unstoppable incentives plus i will split my commission with you so if you use toast um 
if you use my links to get toast, sorry, uh, I will split my incent, my, my commission with you for a little more incentive to use those links. So you have to make sure you email me in addition though, email me, Eric at restaurant Toast can't give out your information for security purposes, but if you email me, let me know you use that link. Um, and let me know who you are and how to contact you. Then I will send you a check for a thousand dollars, splitting my commission with you. And also we had a recommended on the show. Uh, we square talk, uh, toast again, so many recommendations, restaurant 365 plate IQ, uh, and seven shifts and schedule fly was another one that was recommended. I, I have good relationships with all of these companies. So if you're interested in any one of these services, again, the best way to get taken care of is through emailing me, Eric at restaurant I'll make sure you're getting the right links to connect with them. So you can support the show. And I just can't say thank you in advance. If you guys do take those extra steps to support the show. And also this was recorded live. Uh, this is part of the new direction. I'm taking restaurant stoppable. I want to literally create a platform for my listeners to connect with my network and to bring the industry together, to share knowledge, to share values, to share virtues and, uh, just to really transform the industry. So if you want to be a part of the transformation, head over to restaurant unstoppable network, create a profile, connect with other aspiring, passionate restaurant tours across the industry who are going through what you're going through. Listen, guys, it's lonely at the top, but it does not need to be. You can get support of other restaurant tours from across the nation, including my network of experts who I'm slowly starting to trickle into the network and my network of past guests who I'm also slowly starting to trickle into the network. And you're going to see me reconnecting with a lot of past guests uh, over the next few months to to, a few years, ideally. I mean, if this goes in the right direction. And the reason for that is because I don't want to add new relationships to my network. I want to reinforce the people or reinforce the relationships with the people I already have and strengthen those relationships and to go deeper, to, to really pull out the knowledge and nuggets that these folks have that can contribute to the network and then to help you guys all connect and uh, make the industry a better place. That's the vision. Inspire, empower, and transform. We do it by coming together, and I can't wait for you guys to be a part of it. Join the conversation one more time. RestaurantUnstoppableNetwork.com. Thank you guys so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.